You're listening to the Lifelong Learners Collective. This is a podcast that facilitates a community of game changers and expansive thinkers ready to become the most bold, vibrant versions of yourselves as you each manifest the life you desire as each episode is recorded to inspire you. I'm your host, Ella, and I am thrilled to have you on this lifelong learning journey with me and my incredible guests. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast formerly known as For Better Self and Net Worth and even before that known as the Budget Babe Podcast. Yes, doing a name change, continuing to evolve and I think this name is gonna stick around for a long time and I actually came up with it this morning. Crazy, I know, but it is a perfect name for this podcast. If you haven't seen it already, I'll get to talking about it. But for those of you who may be joining for the first time, I want to introduce myself. My name is Ella. I am a multi-passionate woman of many hobbies, a mother to a cat named Khaleesi. I'm a tech professional living in Nashville and a 30-something that just loves to travel, take dance classes, and meet other people who fulfill their dreams and live across the globe. I get to learn stories about their success, and I've really just been wanting to update the show in so many ways, and I just have navigated a really busy season. I feel like started in August and went nonstop until December, so one of my intentions for this new and upcoming year is to be more intentional with my time and be some more selective about what I do and not overcommit. I'm still going to be doing some amazing things alongside this podcast, but I want to be more intentional with my time and I really want to be able to come back and spend more time with you guys and give you guys a quality show, continue to evolve and grow this podcast. So when I talk about the journey of personal evolution, I pride myself on being a lifelong learner. I'm always someone that's learning, whether it's through taking classes or learning from friends, meeting people of a different background or different culture than me. I pride myself on always learning something new and just keeping an open mind. And I feel like this has always been an underlying theme of the show. The reason I say this, I talk about budgeting. I learned about budgeting and financing as I was doing that podcast. I also for better self and net worth. I've always wanted to write a book with that title, but for better self and net worth, it was just a kind of a catchy thought title, like for better or for worse. And it, it stuck for a while. I really liked it, but I think the podcast even evolved past that. And I'm really careful about using the term like better self. Yes, we want to grow. We want to evolve. We want to put the best form of ourselves out there, but maybe the best version of yourself is the version you are today. And sometimes when I say better, it can come across subjective. So I wanted to narrow it down, be a little more specific than that. And I still wanted to be able to interview entrepreneurs from across the globe, talk about who they are and who they are and what they do behind the business and their why and how it relates to the business, the coaching, whatever it is they're putting into the world. I want to continue to learn that. And I just think that Lifelong Learners Collective was a perfect name for this show. I came up with it again this morning. I wasn't going to change the name. I was like, oh, we're just going to be Fred herself a net worth. And then as the universe would have it, God, source energy, I just got that nudge. And I was like, okay, let me make sure it's not taken. So to make sure it didn't get taken, 
I changed the name to Lifelong Learners Collective. As soon as I thought of that, I Googled it, looked up everything. There's a couple things called lifelong learning and it's more, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Geared towards people that are homeschooling their kids. So it's going to be a completely different audience, but I think lifelong learners can mean the same thing or it can cater to different communities. And I think that's perfect for this community. Um, yeah, again, I'm really excited. I'm really excited to share with you, bring some more amazing guests to give you some valuable information, give you some beneficial information that will inspire you to continue to go after your dream and live your best life. And super cool coincidence. After I changed the name, I realized that I could abbreviate this show to LLC. LLC, which is what you get when you start your own business. So how cool is that? And yeah, so the underlying theme has always been personal growth, the evolution of yourself, and also wanting to be fully seen. Tim Keller said that you can be loved and not known, and that's a very surface level. That's superficial. It's not fulfilling. You could be known and not loved. That's your greatest fear, people knowing everything about you and not loving you for it and rejecting you for it. What the ultimate goal is when you want to connect with people, you want to be known and loved. That's what I want to give this podcast a space for the people that come on the show. They're interviewed you guys as listeners. I want to give you guys that space to find your uniqueness, find what makes you special, who you really are, not who society is telling you to be. And I want you to be inspired by that. I want you to feel empowered to live the life that you feel called to live and helping others. Something else about me, and I don't know if I shared this on the show before, but it is my, something I'll just share. So one of my favorite music genres is always going to be classic rock. And classic rock, I'm talking like Bon Jovi, Def Leppard, Aerosmith. It can even go back to Incubus because I guess they're considered classic now. But I get to this because there's a song called Amazing on Aerosmith's Get a Grip album. I was a little kid when this came out. And the most memorable line in any song that I can ever recall is in the song Amazing, and it's life's a journey, not a destination. So as I was rebranding, coming up with ideas for the show, what I was going to talk about, that song is just playing in my head, and I couldn't be more thrilled about it. And I also want more than anything, I think when I say life's a journey, not a destination, or talk about my favorite book, The Power of Now. I just want nothing more than to live presently as I go. I used to be the person that dwelled on the past or I felt anxious about the future. I don't think we're created to really let our past drag us down or to worry about the future or be anxious about it. Be in the moment. When you're at a concert and you're listening to the music, be in the music, be in the moment. Nothing bothers me more than somebody interrupting a song that I'm listening to and I'm vibing with to ask me a question about so-and-so or whatever wait, I, I'm in the moment here. Or if I'm enjoying the view of something, I just want to stop and enjoy the view. If I want to go hiking and be out in nature, I may not be up for conversation. I'm just in the present, in the moment that I'm in. And there's nothing wrong with having that conversation. My point is I want this show to inspire you to be more present and grateful for the things around you and be able to define the present. And whenever you get a moment to relax and enjoy, listen to this podcast, I just want you to be present in it. I don't want you to worry about what you're doing tomorrow or 
the things that may have happened in your past or people still talking about that. I just want you to be in the moment because that is when you're truly living your best life. Now, I want to get to something that also may have inspired this podcast. And it is just, it is the most annoying thing ever. When I say it's like pulling teeth, I think, I don't know. I've never had to have any teeth pulled, but this is just the worst. The worst thing you have to deal with. And I'll start by telling a story. So I had an amazing New Year's Eve, by the way, this being recorded on New Year's. I had an incredible New Year's Eve because I did something outside my comfort zone or what I define as my comfort zone. I got to go out. And what I did is I had a really cool dress that I found all sparkles and I just wanted it. I needed a reason to wear it. And I got invited to a couple of New Year's gatherings. So um, the New Year's Eve started at my friend Caitlin's house. Caitlin was on the podcast a couple months ago. Caitlin B. Fit. She's a good friend of mine and she's a fellow podcaster. She was having a gathering. So I got to see her and a lot of my friends and just catching up, having the best time. I knew everybody there. So it wasn't too much outside my comfort zone. But I say that because there was a sign on the wall that said, life begins outside your comfort zone. I said, okay, yeah, that's what I'm doing. I consider myself an extroverted introvert, which means I know how to be extroverted. I can be extroverted for the job. I can be extroverted when I give presentations. I can be extroverted when I'm doing the fundraising for a volunteer or an organization I volunteer for. I can be an extrovert when I need to be, but I'm an introvert because I get my energy from myself, from within. I get my energy from staying home and reading a book or podcasting, listening to podcasts, watching a movie, that's where I get my energy back. So I have to have my alone time to get my energy back. And extroverts get their energy from other people. I get my energy from myself, but that's why I say I'm an extrovert introvert. And that's why going out was outside my comfort zone. But not only did I go to a gathering with people that I already knew and had fun after that, I went to the basement East and met some friends from my alumni chapter. So we talk about how much we love classic rock. Basement East had a band called my so-called band, that was the name of it. And they did nineties and early two thousands hits. So they did variations. They did like big pimpin. They did tub thumping by Chumba Wumba. They did not do Hanson, which rude. How do you acknowledge the nineties of that Hanson? But that's just a side note, but they did all the nineties songs, most, almost all the nineties songs that we all loved and jammed out to. And so just had the best night. Having that good of a night does come with consequences. So there was a price to be paid with having the best night with my friends. And that price was after the night was over, I, the morning after, I felt miserable after one glass of champagne and a mixed drink. Who have I become? That's what happens when you don't drink very much. I just don't have the tolerance for it anymore. But even with that, I didn't get intoxicated, but... I did not want to drive. So I Ubered from my friend Caitlin's to Basement East and then back to my house. So after we all departed, a lot of my friends, they lived close by in East Nashville. And I was going from East Nashville to the part of Nashville that I live in. And we were all sitting out there. We had, we all had waits for an Uber. There was a surge and I had to wait for over 40 minutes and also paid $75 due to the said surge. But that's much better than driving my car downtown. Let me tell you, even on nights when it's not crowded, when there's not a big party scene, I still don't like to drive my car downtown. I just get really anxious. I 
There's just a lot of reckless driving. Nashville was actually rated number two for the most aggressive driving in the country. Oh my gosh. I think it's all the drag racers outside my apartment. I don't know, but it's, yeah. So I, I'm very anxious. So I, if I don't have to drive, I won't, but didn't have a problem taking the Uber. I get in, the guy's check engine light was on. So I was just feeling a little anxious about that, but it was only a 15 minute Uber. Yeah. 15 minute Uber, $75. And they're actually a relatively safe way to get home. When I was in Costa Rica, they told us to take, I was there for my work and they said, take Ubers because Ubers are closely tracked. They can track Ubers better than they can anything else. So I take Ubers and the guy had a 4.9 rating. So his driving and the check engine light were not the things that bothered me the most. I was able to get home safe and he dropped off a nice couple before that, before I got in. And that was the Uber part wasn't what bothered me. What bothered me was the conversation I had to endure. And this is not just because I don't really like having conversations with strangers and Ubers because it's mostly, mostly small talk, but I'll do it. I'll have a conversation with somebody I don't know, even though I'm just not big into small talk. But long story short, this guy had a very strong opinion about the gay couple he dropped off. He's like, yeah, what's up with those two guys? Da, da, da. I said, they looked really happy to me. They're super nice. And I had to cut them off and say, you know what? Two of my best friends are a gay couple. I don't want to have this conversation with you anymore. So I cut him off and then it was a little uncomfortable. This was probably like four or five minutes into it. And then somehow he continued to want to have a conversation with me and he projected some outdated beliefs he had on the roles of women. And the reason he had these opinions is because he did, and I'm going to do an air quotes. He did research, air quote, research. He couldn't name the sources of the research that he apparently did. And I don't really want to say this to throw shade to the guy that I was talking to, but I, I say this because nothing annoys me more than a know-it-all. Someone who is set in their ways and you can't tell them anything new. There's nothing more repulsive to me than that. The first guy I ever dated, thankfully my standards have gone up since then, but the first guy I ever dated was like that. He knew everything, even though he spent seven years in college. Hopefully he doesn't listen to this podcast because I'm damn throwing some shade. But it's being around people who aren't, you're in a stagnant mindset is so annoying. Like, oh, And then you can't tell them anything. They're going to talk over you. They're going to cut you off. We all know what that's like. And at the same time, when I think about this with more logic, the people who are in a stagnant mindset and don't want to be told anything oftentimes are completely miserable. And I think I would be too. If I thought I knew everything, if I couldn't learn from other people, if I couldn't be enlightened or excited by someone else's lifestyle or, you know, hearing about someone else's journey, learning about a new culture, if if I couldn't be more excited about something or see people evolving around me, I would be miserable too. And I know that, you know, when people get set in their ways, they have a hostile outlook on life. Like there's no way that if they're miserable or if they want to project onto you that they think they're the best when deep down they're not like they, they know they're not. That's what narcissists are. Narcissists come across a certain way, but they are their own worst enemies sometimes. And yeah, it's just really funny how something that annoyed me, 
I actually spiraled into inspiring this podcast to be called the Lifelong Learners Collective. So douchebag in an Uber that was really chauvinistic and homophobic. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. You probably got paid a lot of money for that Uber. I know you probably didn't get half of it, but yeah, thank you for that. And as we talk about the subject of expanding our minds, I do want to give a shout out to the sponsor of the Lifelong Learners Collective, and that is Magic Mind. Now, as someone who has a full-time job, stays active, volunteers, I do find it hard to focus and sustain my energy levels. And I'm also a former victim of caffeine deficiency, not deficiency, but dependency and deficiency. And what that happens with that is if you drink the caffeine and you got on the caffeine high, then comes a caffeine crash where you're just, you're done for the day. I am down to drinking just one cup of coffee because I added magic mind to my daily routine. And this little shot of stuff, it's got matcha, it's got cordyceps, mushrooms, adaptogens, but adding that I've been able to amp up my productivity and sharpen my focus. It makes all the difference in the world. All the ingredients in it are all natural. And these cordyceps mushrooms are known to improve focus, also help with anxiety, and also just help with your performance throughout the day. So this stuff is amazing. And while I don't like the taste of mushrooms, I do like mushrooms due to the health benefits. And with Magic Mind, I'm able to get those benefits in a fruity and refreshing taste. If you're like me, you're a busy body, you got a very tight dance schedule. I just, I think you should try it. Try Magic Mind. And the best part is you can go to magicmind.com slash better self, use promo code better self 20, and you're going to get 20% off your purchase. You can also get up to 56% off of your subscription for 10 days with the promo code BETTERSELF20. If for any reason you don't like it, which I'm going to tell you, you're going to love it, you can get a 100% money back big guarantee. And you can join me and the Kardashians and Joe Rogan, the podcaster of all podcasters, and being a fan of Magic Mind. So again, Go to magicmind.com slash better self and use my promo code better self 20 to start enjoying this stuff and to amp up your morning routine. So back to just a couple things about the show. If I haven't mentioned it before, I'm still going to be interviewing just some really epic people across the globe. They're going to bring some incredible facts to you and give you some beneficial information and so I'm going to do some solo episodes, talk about what I've learned. I see this podcast as a community. That's why I'm calling it a collective. I want to continue to form a relationship with you guys and let you guys learn more about me. Hopefully you'll connect with me on Instagram at Evolve with Ella. Learn, I can learn more about you, but I really want to keep this in like a conversational format. And I'll tell you also, you guys, the listeners, will learn a lot of things about me before some of my friends and family do. And yeah, there's a lot of things about my life that I announce on this podcast that I don't put out out there in social media. I'm very, I used to be really big into talking about my life on social media and it's just not so much anymore. I use social media to promote this podcast. I'll talk about some outs and everyday things and document my life a little bit on Instagram, but not as much. If you really, so if you really want to get to know me, listen to the podcast. If you're one of my friends out in my social group and you're like, huh, let me know a little bit more about Ella. Let me learn a little bit more about this person. You can listen to the podcast. But yeah, in case in point, I see you guys 
as all you listeners, as people that I just feel really connected to and that I can share anything with. And it really means the world to me that you guys take some time in your week to consistently listen, consistently support the show, and also support many of the guests that I've had on here. So I'm recording this, and podcasts have a huge lifespan, but I want to let y'all know I'm recording this January 2nd, 2024, so the second day of 2024. And as I embark on that new year, after a one-month break, I thought it'd be fun to leave you guys with some highlights for 2023. If you're new to the show, this will give you some insight on what the direction of the Lifelong Learners Collective will be going into. And with these highlights, you're going to hear how cool my guests are. And you're going to be able to kick off the new year and kick off the new year and the new name. And yeah, I'm just super jazzed to continue this journey for you all. As always, Thanks for listening and have an amazing week. The industry statistics, it's a little over. That's one in 15 of the people who begin the search to buy a business in whatever guise that may be, don't get to the finish line. And that was one of the, the most substantial motivating factors for me to originally write the materials because I had gone through it a number of times. At that point, when I wrote, it was probably about 10 times that I acquired businesses. And again, I made a lot of mistakes along the way and um, some costly ones, but, the, but, but ultimately it all proved to be terrific learning experience because of what you learn from it. That's important. And so when I became aware of how little information there was for people, valuable information, real world information, practical that you could put to use immediately. Not I mean, it's crazy because even like actually today I posted on my page that I was featured on a Times Square billboard. And that was, I mean, Amazing. I never, I never thought that was ever going to happen. When I got this message on LinkedIn, they found me through my LinkedIn and I didn't think it was real. I'm sad. Why would they want me? I'm like, why would they want me on a bill billboard in Times Square? And they had this other creator that they showed me as a post example. So I reached out to the creator and asked her, is this a real opportunity? Is this a scam? Because I, was like okay there's no way that they want me and she said no it's it's real like you should do it it's fun it's a great opportunity you live in New York you can go see it which I did I went with my family and they were all so happy but those are the kind of experiences that you get through social media never in a million years that I think I was going to be on a billboard in Times Square it's you know you, you have enough of the negativity in the world like you don't need to be another negative influence in your own life. So, you know, learning to be my own best friend and be my own cheerleader um, helped me to instill boundaries and teach people how to treat me, how I wanted to be treated. Uh, I also think, you know, when I look back, I laugh that I was a litigator because literally my job was to know facts, to know every detail and to read this much a day, right? And Along my entrepreneurial journey, I had to learn about myself, how I operate, how I lead a team, you know, what serves my energy best. I like to say, you know, well, we're real, really all of us are energy brokers. Everyone wants to talk about time management, but to me, it's just energy management. I, I think the big challenge that we have now is there's so much information out there and it's hard to know what's what's right for you because there's a ton of different systems out there. Uh, but I think the first thing you should really look at is, is really figuring out and 
tracking where your, your money is going. For some people, uh, that could be an Excel sheet. Uh, some people just look at your credit card statements because they will outline exactly where all your money is going. Uh, but Ella, honestly, I, I tell clients to think of a champagne tower. Like, you know, you fill the, you have a whole champagne tower, you fill the top thing, it goes the next one, the next one, the next one. You, you typically want to have kind of an order of operations with some things. So, you know, the first meter, I always say like, hey, the first cup should be filled is your emergency fund. Yeah, it is true. They, you get to a point, especially when you have dementia or Alzheimer's, where you can't communicate any longer. You can't express what you are feeling. You, you really have to have somebody who is a staff person being the voice for you. And that's why the, the great care is so vital. And when you have these big numbers, 100 people, 100 beds, you just you don't know who that person is. You cannot develop that relationship with that many people to be able to literally see their facial expressions, know they're having an off day, know that maybe it's a UTI. They can't literally tell you I'm in pain or I'm hungry or something's bothering me, right? There's You have to know them and love them and be their representative for them. And the gratitude really, I mean, it, it applies more than to just like the health and fitness part of my life, but it really sets you back to home base, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and I think everybody needs a little dose of humility every so often. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. I, uh, I will tell you, I, you know, when I told my staff this, uh, I came back, I was, I was gone for a couple months down, down to the States, uh, moving through, you know, meeting with clients and everything and doing shows. And I came back and I have a couple staff members been with me forever, like just through every company, you know, they've, they've been there. And I said to them in August of this year, so we're in September now, so about a, about a month ago, just over a month ago, I, for the first time in my life, reached my stress and business threshold where I got to the point where I didn't know if I could continue. But I burst through that wall, right? Had a good cry a couple times, you know, hit a punching bag a few times and you really strategically figure out how to get through it. We came out bruised and battered, but on the other side, we, I learned so much about myself. And I also learned what I'm not willing to do to be successful. I agree completely. What I love about strengths is it focuses on what you're good at, not where you're deficient. And we have such a deficiency mindset. You know, when the report card comes home, if the child has four A's and a B, we spend all our time focusing on the B instead of celebrating the four A's. And so what I love about strengths is it lets you celebrate your A's. It lets you celebrate, <coughs> excuse me, it lets you celebrate and embrace the things that you're naturally good at. It's funny, in tech, there's this stereotype where you're very quiet, you're very introverted, you're very brainy, those types of things. They, they have, if you, whatever picture you're thinking of when it comes to a tech person, that is the stereotype that has been out there. Yes. Um, but the truth is that you need people who are able to explain some of these very complicated concepts to all the stakeholders. They need to be able to know what's happening. And so that's true in anything and in any field. You need an array of people to do that. And so 
anytime I hear somebody say, you aren't blank enough to do that, or you're not the type of person to do that, it's who said, who said that? Like, where's the rule written down that I'm not able to do that? And I feel if more people embraced that, hey, there's no rule that says I can't do that unless literally I'm not breathing and I'm just not able. <laughs> there, there's no rule that says that you can't. Being inspired by these mentors, these guides, and just saying yes to opportunity, I feel that the journey I've been on hasn't been a challenging one. That's the thing a lot of business owners say, that like, oh, it's really hard in business. I really struggled. And I don't know how you speak on stages, Nick, how you can be a public speaker. Because if you'd asked me five years ago and said, Nick, you're going to be on stages, webinars, writing a book, I'd have said, you've got the wrong guy. I couldn't do that. I couldn't speak in front of people on a stage. No way. But by just hanging around people that do that, you know, mentors, speakers, and who share their mess message and get their product out there, it made me realize I've just got to do everything in my power to get my message out there. And, and selling truly is serving because if you've got a product or a service or perhaps you sell for a business where you actually solve people's problems, you give them solutions, you give them this amazing value, then you've got to do everything in your power to get it out there. Whole come from that I have is not just to beat people over the head of like, you have to advocate for yourself, but to understand why that feels so goddamn hard that there are reasons why it feels so difficult to you. I mean, even if we look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, for example, one of our core human needs right in the middle of the pyramid is one of belonging. And that stems from our primitive ancestors who could not survive unless they were a part of a group. There was no tribe of one, right? So if you were not a part of an organized group, that literally meant death. We really take an interest in that and then we can help foster it and support them and give them the tools and resources that they need. Um, we're also there just to... So, yeah. That, <laughs> so really, really like quickly. This is kind of hot in there. Yeah. And this falls in the category of like, if we knew this in high school, like how much different <laughs> would it have gone for us? But basically, I'm just going to give a really quick breakdown of kind of how uh, the mind works, really. Um, I talked about how the goal is formed and what it has to do in order to get accepted into the subconscious. But let me go back to like the beginning. So when we're first born, every baby is born uh, with a brain, you know, hopefully. And the the mind is completely open. As a child, they say kids are sponges. There's a reason they say that because everything is being taken in. They're just accepting information constantly and learning. So it's their, their, their mind is essentially filling with what are called knowns, K-N-O-W-N-S, knowns in your, in your mind that kind of, I'd describe as like truths of who you are. So like as a kid, it would be, I love chocolate. I hate broccoli. I love getting hugs. I don't like getting in trouble. All of these likes and dislikes that kind of make up who you are. Um, around age seven to nine, you get what's called the critical filter, which acts as a go-between between the conscious and the subconscious. The subconscious then formed around seven to nine is... <laughs> Every study is different, but I'm going to go with an average is about 90 to 95% of your mind power. The conscious mind, again, you know, is the rest of that. So 10, five to 10%. 
In the conscious mind, you have your decision-making skills, your rational thinking, your analytical skills, your logic, and your willpower. Uh, that's it. Everything else is subconscious. So who, what makes you who you are is in the subconscious. So anyway, uh, I like to say, and I just said this to a client today, which is kind of funny, but I like to say that because that's when our subconscious is formed and kind of solidified, we're all just really like nine-year-olds walking around in <laughs> adult costumes, trying to make it, trying, just trying to, just trying to handle it. Um, but it's, but it, it is essentially true. That's when the subconscious gets formed. So when you're doing that kind of self-talk and when you're thinking a certain way about yourself, maybe picturing that nine-year-old would help you be a little nicer. Maybe, maybe not. I'm just saying <laughs> it's helped. Yeah. I will answer that in two parts. So for me personally, when we came to Nashville, I kept the W2 job and Josh actually was in a different sales industry. He was working in, um, life insurance sales. And so, you know, we had the one person on the commission and then I kept my job as a speech pathologist uh, after we moved from Arkansas. And for me, one of the biggest obstacles was getting comfortable enough and I guess just brave enough to leave that job because I spent six years earning my degree, mastering those skills. And then I was getting comfortable with the day-to-day -day task and routines. You know, I knew the computer system. I was in a rhythm with a lot of my clients. Plus, you know, you've got your set wages, your benefits. And so making that change to working entirely for myself meant that I was going to be responsible for every minute of my day. There was going to be no more schedule of every 30 minute blocks. Nothing was set. Nothing was expected. And that was like the most liberating and terrifying thing. And so, you know, when we started our business, I knew eventually I was going to leave my job. That was the goal. But that was kind of, you know, that was that someday thing um, that didn't require any action initially. But then as we started to grow Josh and I started tracking finances every month, making our projections, looking at, okay, if we continue this trend, where will we be? And then it was 2018. And we realized that in April, our business had brought in more than I was going to make in a full year. Uh, yeah. And before and after and all of those things. All in um, yeah. And I think, and now as a 44 year old, what I, um, and actually both taken a very non-traditional path. And so people will ask me, how do you feel about that? And I'm like, first of all, who the hell cares how I feel about it? I'm really proud of my kids and, um, and they've accomplished so much. I mean, my daughter, my oldest is a hairstylist in a very, um, ups. What is your leadership believe in? Is your leadership someone who stands and over their people? And it's like, you're doing this wrong. You're doing that wrong. This is wrong. Or is your leadership behind your people and encouraging people like, it's okay. If you fall down, I'm going to help you back up. We're going to brush that off. And we're going to keep going. Um, so that's sort of the marketing archetype section of my business. <laughs> like that's sort of, what is your voice? How do you love to show up in the world? Like, I just make sure that each of my business owners isn't a really healthy, call it loving, generous space so that when I give them a strategy, which is pretty, usually pretty tough to do that, they've got it. Like they're on it. They're, they're on fire to get out there and get the message out. You know, when we go into our closet and we're like, I have nothing to wear, we know that's not true, right? Like we have a ton of clothes hanging there. What we're really saying is that I don't love anything or nothing really fits amazing, or I'm not excited to wear anything. You know, when you're trying to work and run your house and have a family and all of that, you just keep falling down the list of priorities 
And really when, I mean, if we flip the switch a little bit on the, on our thinking on that and say, you know what, it's like, take care of myself first. And then I can show up as my best with everybody else, my husband, my kids, my job, all of that. So it really is one of those things that self-care really is so important. So. And a few years later, uh, after working in finance, it's when I, I, I imagined like, uh, uh, what could be the solution and, and what could be wisest. And so that's why I, I, I built wisest and, and, and by definition, because it's bringing us a solution that was not existing before. It's different from all the other solutions and, and the way it works uh, now to, to enter into like uh, something that is going to be uh, even more interesting. Uh, it's and how we were able to solve the issue that I mentioned before is that when you come into wisest as a novice or new investor, uh, you are not going to face uh, a lot of graphs or a lot of data about like uh, stocks, ETFs, mutual funds, and a lot of other names that could be like a very abstract concepts for a novice investor and scary. What you see in wisest are people and these people are like, uh, uh, financial advisors, portfolio managers that work with us, with wisest and that are sharing their personal profile, who they are like, uh, and also some portfolio that they, they, they suggest and, and think it are good to, uh, to look at. Oh, and you know, we've all seen how they seem to charge women more for everything. Like why does dry cleaning a blouse cost more than dry cleaning a men's shirt? You know, I mean, that type of, right why do women's haircuts cost more than men's haircuts so yeah i mean it's it is a cool thing to get into the conversation around money because there's a lot of power in in talking about it and sharing information and also just sharing our experience with each other sharing our feelings around it i mean ultimately we want to feel safe we want to feel secure and you know i find that a lot of women carry a lot of guilt and anxiety around how they're handling money in the present but well, they're usually the loudest ones in the room, the obstacles. Yeah. It's just the so just the co-workers that don't believe in your dreams. They're using the louder ones in the in the room. You have so many other people that are supporting, that are supporters. So many other people that say, We're rooting for you, Ella. We want the best for you. But we even we at times drown that out with the negative chatter. And the flip side too, right? It's like, we also want to protect our personal time from our work, right? And so I think like what you said about, um, you know, just like we get a ping and then we're down a rabbit hole. I mean, that is just so ubiquitous, so true. And I think there's this false sense that, um, or a perceived sense that we do have to answer right away. And we actually don't. And I think that's one of the things that, um, that I work with a lot of folks on. Like, yes, it's really important to be responsive, but you don't need like the fact that these things, like nobody's thinking about us when they send us a message, right? They're just thinking about what they want from us. They're not expecting that we're going to drop everything and do exactly what they said. Like when you send somebody a Slack message, you're not thinking like, well, they're in the middle of something big, deep work. And I hope that they just like answer this right away and like get distracted from, you know, what's happening. It's just this like double standard that we give to ourselves around this. And so this is actually something that I work with a lot of folks on is like, what are your boundaries around this sort of thing? How can you protect yourself from some of these distractions while still being responsive to people? Because sure. so 2012, I'm a girls high school basketball coach in Texas, and I have a, a callus break open on the bottom of my foot. And initially, I didn't think much of it because as a coach, you're on your feet a lot. But after a few weeks of it not healing, I made an appointment 
to see a podiatrist, a foot doctor friend of mine. And he took an x-ray and he said, Terry, I think you have a cyst in there and I can cut it out. And he did. Just showed it to me, a little gelatin sack with some white fat in it, no dark spots, no blood, nothing that gave either one of us concern. But fortunately or unfortunately, he sent it off to pathology to have it examined. And then two weeks later, I received a call from him. And as I mentioned, he was a friend of mine. And the more difficulty he was having explaining to me what was going on, the more frightened I was becoming. Until finally, he just laid it out for me. He said, Terry, I've been a doctor for 25 years. I have never seen the form of cancer that you have. You have an incredibly rare form of melanoma. And most people think of melanoma as you know too much exposure to the sun, and it affects the melon, the pigment in your skin. This has absolutely nothing to do with that. This is a rare form that appears on the bottom of the feet and the palms of the hands. And because my cancer was so uncommon, he recommended I go to MD Anderson Cancer Center, probably one of the best cancer hospitals in the world, to be treated. And uh, well, uh, I think that you have to have tough skin. I mean, that's what fashion, too. Makeup artistry, you can always put some fresh new skin on. <laughs> be a different person if you want. But um, you have to really be career-minded with it. Like you, you have to be goal-oriented and focused on getting work for yourself. Like every single mo modeling opportunity, I mean, not every single, but most of the opportunities I had, I had to go searching for them. I had to put myself out there. I had to stand out from the crowd, figure out a way to look at someone else's, you know, craft and rework it to be better for myself. Very competitive. I mean, it's got to be one of the most competitive things next to acting. So putting yourself out there and being confident in your own skin is really what is going to set you apart in the modeling world. Uh, and My opinion, the secret is a little bit more boring than people want to hear. Um, we want to tell ourselves that it is difficult. Um, it is complex. It's all about a platform. It's all about knowing how to hack a platform and so on. Um, in my opinion and from, you know, other friends um, that I have in, in my space, the first thing you they, they understand is that everyone is in sales and in marketing. So no matter what business you're in, if you're a business owner, if you're an expert, if you're a freelancer, you are in sales. So the first thing you need to understand is that you got to sell yourself. You got to sell your craft. You got to understand what problems you're in a better position than others to solve for your target audience. Right. And I'm like, that's okay. What ends up happening though, so often is the same way that so many women do this in other areas of their lives. It's like, I made that choice. And then the next morning you're like, oh, I'm such an idiot. Why did I do that? It was so silly of me. I really shouldn't have done that. And you like start beating yourself up for a choice that you made. Right. And so you end up guilting yourself for the choice that you made instead of being like, all right, my stomach hurts or I'm bloated or like, I need to spend some time in the bathroom this morning, whatever it is for people, right? Like, oh yeah, like I made that choice, right? Like I don't have to feel, I don't have to beat myself up about it. I don't have to make myself feel guilty. And so often the the same way that we make that choice around food, we make it with anything else, right? When you're like, I'm tired and I'm not going to finish the work that I have to do tonight. Like I'm just going to go to bed. And then the next morning, even though you're more well-rested and it feels like it was a good choice for you to go to bed early, you're like, oh, why did I do that? So irresponsible. I should have, I should have just, you know, pushed harder last night and stayed awake. And we end up beating ourselves up in retrospect for so many of the choices that we make.
it's always a work in progress. We did it. I mean, we increased revenue by 100% last year. So I was really, really excited with the year we had. And, um, and I'm excited with what's to come. I feel like we've got some really interesting projects in the pipeline that could be huge. And then just as we're getting more well known, it's, it's tough to compete with the big boys and, um, and, you know, and, and not be able to keep up on the Google ad spend and all of those things that these huge companies have that, and so we're, we're doing our best to, you know, be more well known, be, be, be the person that, or be the company that people think of. Um, the fact that I am certified woman owned business has gone really, really far. We get customers all the time who are intentionally supporting a woman owned business. And I really appreciate that. Hi everyone. It's Ella. I have an incredible treat for you on this episode of for better self and net worth. I had the extraordinary privilege to interview Emily Ahrens. She is a highly sought after intuitive healer for female business owners and best known for getting clients out of overwhelm, burnout, and unlocking the wisdom from within. She has been doing this for over two decades, healing them and getting them out of their head and into their business, making tons of money. She's helped thousands of women. She is also the host of the Unlined and Unstoppable podcast. Something really special about this episode is it started out, you know, talking about business per usual. And we actually really connected on our love for pets and had an incredible conversation. Just, it was out of this world, literally. So I cannot wait for you guys to listen to it and tell me what you think of the show. It'll happen, but I would also tell them that you got to make sure that you're moving forward and you are committed to taking small, consistent steps towards whatever it is you want. Because what happened, you know, when I moved to LA is I was really gun ho and motivated for that first year, year and a half. And when things didn't happen as quickly as I wanted them to, I kind of put it on the back burner for, you know, seven years plus until I made the decision to pick it back up. And when I made that decision, I committed to those small, consistent steps to, you know, taking action every day. And that's made the world of difference. Because you you actually got exercise using this thing. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, That's a... That's that's kind of what I'm imagining myself. Yeah, you're spot on. It's going to be a more of a gamified web experience for everyone. And you just got to follow the big money at the moment. Like Warner Music is investing heavily in Sandbox. Sandbox is one of the big metaverse gaming platforms at the moment. So they're putting all this money. You know, just the personal touch to me, like I take a lot of pride in like what I put into. So Mm -hmm. it's like I want to show what like my family, my friends, you know, what has inspired me to do what I do. So I bring that, that's how I name the clothes. And because boutiques don't give out vendor names, we're not Gap, we're not Express, you don't know what brands we're buying. So for me, I don't want to do that because I am a boutique and it's meant to be special. But I started that where the vendor names where there's some, I think I'm up to uh, maybe 20 different vendors I now buy from, but there's a few that are over and over because I just love their quality and the the shirts are just, the, the shipping's quick. So I get stuff in quick, but um, I name them, like their name, they could be, their name's Bella as a vendor. Then I have Jack as a vendor. I've Crunch Before Brunch as a vendor. So 
for the consumer because I'm online and, you know, I do some pop-ups here and there, but if you bought a shirt and you're like, I love the fit of that shirt and the vendor was this, and then I bring new product online and you see that vendor name, like I know for sure that medium's going to fit my body type. Yeah. So my goal is to help the consumer figure out what clothes are best for them that I bring in house that fit their shape and their size. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you have realized that if I don't get my workout in, in the morning, I'm going to be more stressed out throughout the day. Like I've realized that there is a pattern to it. So it's like, move your body, change your mind. It's, it's true. It's not, it, it, there's endorphins and there's hormones and it's real. Like, yeah, definitely affects your mental health for sure. And eating too. Like I know that when I'm working out, I'm going to in for the most part, eat better and vice versa. When I'm eating better, I'm more likely to work out. Like it all, it's all connected for me. So yeah. Eating Locked, an indie podcast. So, um, Beauty Unlocked, it started with, oh God, it started years ago, actually. Um, not the podcast. The podcast is about a year and four months old, but the idea behind Beauty Unlocked started years ago, like I think four years ago. Um, but basically growing up, um, people always referenced or made references about my weight, about my appearance. Um, we're very critical. We're kind of very judgmental about it. And so I grew up feeling that my self-worth was tied to what I looked like. Mm -hmm. And as a child, you don't understand why people have to make those kind of comments. Even, even your family members, my family members were making yeah. these kind of comments. And so for me, it was just like, I always had, I was self-conscious about the way I looked, my weight and everything. And that started, unfortunately, in my twenties, I developed an eating disorder, um, binge eating disorder and bulimia. And, uh, basically I lost a lot of weight and people started complimenting me. And what it did was feed my demons. And so I continued to, you know, I continued this because people are like, oh, they're telling me that I'm looking great, which means, you know, and because I was losing and losing more weight, they were saying I looked great. And I was like, okay, well, at least I'm not getting negative comments about it. And so it fueled that, that demon or those demons, you know, and, and everything. And so at a certain point, years later in my 30s, I'm like, I can't be the only one that this is happening to, that this things happen and that you, it's always good to have that extra cushion. And I also want to honor the people who are working multiple jobs to make ends meet, because that's a season that a lot of us go through and there's no shame in that. And even no. if, you're a, if you're a mom and you're like working a ton of jobs and you're providing for your kid, like that's amazing. I don't want to take away from that at all. So definitely no. want to give props to everyone who's working super hard also. But this is also a message that if you're in a tough spot, it doesn't have to last forever. Yeah, absolutely. Like you don't have to stay in that tough spot. Now talk about your inspiration. So I'm saying that your son is the inspiration behind what has kind of pushed you into yeah. getting where you're at. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, he was. Hey everyone. It's Ella again. I hope you enjoyed listening to those highlights from 2023. I am so excited to have you along the journey with me and 2024 with Lifelong Learners Collective. 
I think it's going to be an amazing one. This content, this podcast is going to just keep getting better, keep evolving. And I'm just so grateful that you are listening. If you really want to support uh, this show and help out a girl who is putting some hours in, of her time into every week, uh, go ahead and leave me a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Leave me a five-star review. Tell me what you like about the show. Talk about your favorite show, anything. But that's really helpful. It is a um, one-woman production. It's not necessarily a one-woman show because I have guests on the show, but it is a one-woman production. And put a lot of hours into this. And I definitely want to grow the show and grow the audience and have more people hear from my amazing guests. So consider leaving a review and I will be eternally grateful and my birthday's coming up. So that's the perfect gift for me. Thanks again and have a great week. Hey everyone. It's Ella again. I hope you enjoyed listening to those highlights from 2023. I am so excited to have you along the journey with me and 2024 with Lifelong Learners Collective. I think it's going to be an amazing one. This content, this podcast is going to just keep getting better, keep evolving. And I'm just so grateful that you are listening. If you really want to support uh, this show and help out a girl who is putting some hours in, of her time into every week, uh, go ahead and leave me a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Leave me a five-star review. Tell me what you like about the show. Talk about your favorite show, anything. But that's really helpful. It is a um, one-woman production. It's not necessarily a one-woman show because I have guests on the show, but it is a one-woman production. And put a lot of hours into this. and. I definitely want to grow the show and grow the audience and have more people hear from my amazing guests. So consider leaving a review and I will be eternally grateful and my birthday's coming up. So that's the perfect gift for me. Thanks again and have a great week. Thank you for being a part of the Lifelong Learners Collective. Your listenership means so much to me. To further support this independent podcast, I hope you share this show with others and leave a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts to help expand this reach among those who are yearning to evolve, expand their mind, and be a game changer in their community. Above all else, I hope you are inspired on this show and continue to learn something new each and every day.